0: As the sun crests the horizon to greet the city of Alchemstar, the artisan's district known as the Ferris Quarter is washed in golden light. At this hour, a soft tranquility engulfs the winding streets, almost in anticipation of the signature din of crafters and creators. A dark-haired and tan-skinned Vishkanya man stares unblinking across the sleeping city as the golden light of dawn reflects off his equally golden, slitted eyes. He stretches and yawns, and his jaw unhinges for a moment before realigning. He turns toward the stalls and shops of the Ferris Quarter as he hears the soft, plodding footfalls of a stern-faced, Keleshite man in the soiled leathers of his trade. As usual, the old man maintained a distance from the Bishkanya.
1: Morning, Mr. Walchart.
0: Asazi, you're on pre-tanning duties tomorrow If I find a speck of rot on this next batch of hides It will be your hide will be peeling off next Yes, Mr. Waltrot. I expect your station to be clean before you leave I don't care if you have to stay late Don't think that means you can come in later tomorrow either Or would you rather see your
1: pay docked again? No, sir. I'll see that it's taken care of.
0: The opportunity for real paying jobs in Alkenstar was slim to none. For this reason alone, he tolerated the months of abuse from this ignorant man. However, when the extra work started piling on and the cuts to his pay... Well, that's when the edges started to show. And if it's not too much for your reptilian brain, fix your stitching... My grandchild could run a scene more cleanly." This man is someone who's clearly never learned the lesson of fire and gunpowder. It was astonishing, really. The petty insult that set him off wasn't particularly witty or sharp. The effect came suddenly, nonetheless. With
1: unblinking eyes, he turns coldly to the man and says, "'Well, how about you come a little closer and I can show you my noodle-work? I'll try not to poison you.'" Immediately.
0: Asazze regrets the not-so-veiled threat, recalling his matriarch's teaching. Waltrout makes the attempt at putting on a brave face, but the fear is evident. He scoffs at the threat despite the few gasps that come from the other
1: workers present. I apologize, Mr. Waltrout. I'll get right on those repairs.
0: With the apology, the old man dons a sneer, yet still remains a few feet further back. Despite the nature of the reprieve, it is a welcome one, as he truly does enjoy the serenity of his craft. His hands settle into the rhythm of those well-practiced in the craft as he starts to realign the seam for a pair of boots. He moves on to bonding layers of leather for some spalders, then applies the straps to a chest piece. Asazé works efficiently, but unhurriedly, enjoying the process so engrossed that he skips lunch to continue working as he hums the tunes of his ancestors. The sun's light sinks low, dipping into the horizon as the day's work fades gradually to a stillness only briefly interrupted by the scraping of boots on gravel, the heft of a tool into a pile, or the raspy cough of a gunsmith. The Vishkanya stretches once again popping a few vertebrae in the process as he finishes cleaning his station before heading out for his late shift at the Hotfoot Hippodrome. Approaching the house, he hears Anisi, the matriarch, gossiping with one of the neighbors in the distance. Slowing his pace, the little Vishkanya slinks the long way around to avoid unpleasant conversations about his night job. Asaze climbs through the window, and as he turns a corner he stumbles right into Nishast, the matriarch's other charge. Usaze and Nishast had grown up together under the loving care of Anisi, but as they matured, their feelings toward each other had grown...
1: complicated. "'Don't you have better things to do than standing around waiting to be bumped into?' "'Don't you have better things to do than climbing into
0: windows? You know, you could use a door. It's not exactly new technology.' I am sure one of the inventors could show you how to use one. (laughs) Asazi offers back an exaggerated eye roll to the attractive but annoying young lady.
1: I thought you were supposed to be in Ustradi Heights for the evening.
0: Well, I had to make sure. You weren't up to no good. Wild trout keep you late again,
1: yes? The old boy has it out for me.
0: Nasha steps forward, lifting his hand with her own to inspect his sleeve. Your shirt needs mending. Don't you stitch garments for a living?
1: Asaze grins. Uh, yes, but I'm just a craftsman. Nobody cares how I look. I do. Neshast,
0: are you still here? I need help with... Asaze bolts. In a flash, he grabs his gear, and with an almost apologetic glance back to Neshast, he clumsily spills out the window. Inside, the doors swing open. What are you gawking at, young lady? Come and help me, and close the window. This isn't Skyside. Back outside, Osaze heads down the street as the bickering fades to a murmur. He picks up his pace. He's late. That girl always seems to keep him distracted. Hurriedly walking northeast, Osaze changes shirts and throws the dirty one in his bag. He can't smell like a tannery at the hippo. He buckles his flissa onto his right hip and his mangosh onto his left. He feels the familiar tingle of excitement crawling up the scales of his spine as he cuts through a couple of alleyways. It only takes a few minutes before the young Vishkanya sees the line of patrons as he reaches his destination, the Hot Foot Hippodrome. He enters the side door, brushing past couples, gamblers, and drunkards to reach the center of the popular establishment. From the stage, he hears a folksy and upbeat tune. The Undine Janasi ends his set with a long sustain on his violin, and he's met with a swell of applause. Asazi takes in the view, serving as both a venue and gambling den. The city haven turns none away as long as one has the coin to enjoy its entertainment and vice. No one here could be considered poor, not truly. The criminals and assholes that prey on those poor and disadvantaged all come here to blow off steam and spend their ill-gotten gains. To his side, an elf steps just into his peripheral view. Elwin, the floor manager. You're late. Masase smiles as he gestures to the patrons clustering around the bar.
1: It looks like I'm right on time.
0: It's a good night. Mr. Mugland appears to have graced us with his presence.
1: Oh, really? I'm surprised he left Skyside.
0: Yes, well, keep that to yourself. I'm sure anyone here would be happy to knife you for a favor from the man himself. Me? I'm just a nobody. Vishkanya He says as he flits his tongue. Just as Elwin is rolling his eyes, the sounds of bottles shattering in the bellow of a drunkard punctuate the din of the entertainment. Already on it. Of course you are. Asaze moves swiftly to intercept the rowdy barfly. The drunkard turns around, red faced and hot, slurring his words as he addresses the audacious newcomer. Get out of my face! I'm not hurting nobody! But you're
1: disturbing our
0: guests. The drunkard squints, as if seeing the Vishkanya's eyes for the first time. Stay out of it, Viper! <laughs>
1: Well, you can either give me your coin purse now and leave quietly, or I can open you up and then your coin purse.
0: The wretch reaches for his sidearm but feels a sharp pressure at his lower abdomen. Looking down through unfocused eyes, a small parrying dagger, his mangosh, is just a breath away from sinking into the soft flesh and organs behind. Ah, the drinks made you slow. You'll bleed for sure. Looking defeated, the sot loses his nerve, and his flushed face grows pale. After fumbling with his coin purse, he hands it off to its new owner and departs without a word. Looking like the viper that ate the vermin, Osazi calmly strides back and leans against the bar next to Elwin. Good performance.
1: I almost thought you had it in you to kill the guy. God's no. My den raised me better than that. Besides, he couldn't threaten anything worth protecting.
0: The night's work and revelry concluded. Osaze approaches his home quietly, humming a new tune he'd heard about rays down in Jamaray. He'll have to use the long way again and sneak back through the window. He creeps along the path and prays that Nashash has left the window unlatched.
1: Yes, Nashash, you beautiful. A
0: match is struck, and the flame momentarily blinds Osaze. As his eyes adjust, he sees Matriarch Anisi standing before him in her nightgown, holding an oil lamp. Where have you been? Immediately, Osaze tumbles to the floor. Working. With a resigned sigh, Matriarch Anisi says, Come on, get off the floor. You want something to eat? Half an hour later... Asaze is downing his second plate of eggs and bacon amidst a palpable silence. I've issued a safer job. Asase, not looking up from his
1: meal. It's fine. I can take care of myself. I'm not earning enough at the leatherworks and we need the money. You know the Ferris Quarter. After have to sundown it's crime, security, or food work. And security pays a hell of a lot better than food. You know this. What about the bulletin barrel saloon? Or you could try outside the Ferris Quarter. It's spell and bullet, and besides, they just want to drink. They don't need security. You're missing my point.
0: You could be more. Instead, you'll choose to be what they expect you to be. Don't you see that's why they hire you? It's because they fear Vishkanya. You're out intimidating people for coin. Then you should be instead telling our stories, strengthening our community, becoming a great artisan. You're a fool.
1: Osaze drops the fork to the plate in a clatter. They hate us despite our contribution. Good or bad, not everyone is going to accept us. Every day the screw rises and falls, and despite it all, no one seems to think better of us.
0: A steady river wears down every stone. Osaze, you cannot change what everyone thinks overnight keeping
1: your faith in the stories. These stories you keep throwing in my face, your proverbs and old wisdom haven't put a fucking copper in our pockets. They have no place in the modern world. When are you going to let that fucking boulder roll down that fucking hill? Quit being such a damned fossil. If you want to live in the past, go lay in the graves of my parents. Stunned by the outburst,
0: both the young Vishkanya and the old fight back tears. The words catch in Osase's throat as if his own body betrayed him for invoking the forbidden. The silence is broken by an intrusive banging on the door. Open up! Osase Sahar, we have a warrant for your arrest. Come out quietly and give yourself up. By the authority of the Alkenstar Shield Marshals, you are under arrest for the murder of Thaddeus Waltrout. Immediately the two Vishkanya look from the door back to each other. You killed Waldtrout. I did no such thing. Why would they say that? Osanze Sahar, we have a warrant authorized by Deputy Angelique Loveless for your arrest. The floorboards. Get under the floorboards. Quickly, she moves towards the fireplace and removes a plate from the bottom, gesturing for him to hurry. Quietly, he slips by and slides in feet first, shifting his body further inside the cramped space below. Don't make things harder for yourself. Come out peacefully. Dusting herself off and putting on an air of innocence, the matriarch unlatches the door and is propelled back by the force of two heavy shield marshals bursting in to secure the area. Brandishing flintlock pistols, one shield marshal sweeps the house while the other stands over the matriarch. Why didn't you answer the door on the first knock? I had to get dressed. The hour is late. All clear. Where's the other viper? Where's Osase Sahar? May Matravish guide his passage. She ain't gonna budge. Well, let's tie this up, then. We'll say she grabbed your gun." Osaze hears the hammer of a flintlock pistol pull back, and realization hits him hard. A crack reverberates everywhere, disrupting his thoughts, and light pours through the fresh hole in the floor. Stillness sits in, and Osaze finds himself gripping his mouth, wide-eyed in terror, shock, despair and shame as the tears flow. We should have just come by here first and extracted some real venom, then poisoned wall trout. would have been cheaper than using the other stuff. And get poisoned in the process? Fuck that! Well, we can't go back now. Let's circle the block. If he hadn't run yet, maybe the viper slinked off to do some poking. The Vishkanya lies still, tasting the raw earth, an old ash from the fireplace as he tries to regain control of his breathing. Then, the metallic taste of fresh blood fills the air and the tears flow again. He can never take back those words he said, that dishonor to his matriarch who guided the last vestiges of his community. It's only him and Nishast now. Oh gods, Nishast. He wants to lie there until death takes him as well. But the thought of Nishast... Finding the body, running into the shield marshals, wills him to leave his tomb. His heart racing, Asaze approaches Anisi's body. The blood has pooled under her, seemingly everywhere. Thankfully, she hadn't suffered. The kill was clean. Asaze frantically runs his hands through his hair and paces.
1: What do I do now? She didn't prepare us for this. Where the hell is the shaft?
0: Asazze looks from the body of the matriarch to the window. Dawn will be coming soon. There will be increased patrols. They'll be looking for him. Suddenly, painful realization dawns on him. He doesn't have the time or a place to bury her. He'll have to leave Nishast to discover Anisi's body. He looks to the door and then back to his matriarch. Is there a way to leave
1: Nishast a message? One last honor. Hopefully Nishast will understand.
0: The young man places Anisi's left hand over her own eyes, her right over her abdomen. In the old way. He won't be returning here anytime soon. Grabbing essentials and throwing them in a pack, he turns on his heel and exits the house. He'll have to go into hiding. Days pass as the Vishkanya tries to stay out of sight, avoiding patrols, hidden by day, moving by night, keeping clear of the main thoroughfare and well-lit streets. Wandering near the Smokeside docks, Asazze asks
1: himself, Where am I going?
0: He could go to Hellside, that run-down town hanging over Alchemstar's cliffside, but that feels like an ocean away, and movement is limited. Ironside Quarter is literally walled off since it fell to monster infestation. He even briefly considers taking his chances in the mana waste. His thoughts are interrupted when he hears the sound of a gunfight echoing from the Ustradi River. The sounds of sirens grow. Whatever's going on over there is getting heavy. By instinct, he heads the opposite direction where he comes across an abandoned building. He's passed this place before. The poison and the cure. Only, it wasn't abandoned before. Now it's taped off with a large notice plastered on the front. A reclamation notice signed by none other than Shield Marshal Angelique Loveless. Seeing that name invokes a fury and a burning clarity in Osase Sahar. This
1: deputy was the instrument of his damnation. You've treated me as a viper without reason. But if I am to be a viper, beware my fangs.
0: If he's going to be dragged down to hell, he's certainly not going alone. Determined, he turns down a side street in the direction of the Hotfoot Hippodrome, the sanctuary of the criminal underworld of Elvis.